Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, what the hell? I just joined in and I'm like, oh, is, are we having technical difficulties again already? <laughs> no, I had the Wi-Fi on when I first started it. And it said, because oh. it was trying to gotcha. connect to the Wi-Fi on my car, which I don't pay for the subscription. Oh, shoot. That wouldn't, that wouldn't go well, then. Yeah. There's so many issues. Charge for Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi said don't even, like, you don't even have access to or don't exist. <laughs> Sorry, can't connect to Wi-Fi. Connected to Wi-Fi. Sorry, you can't connect. Access. I wonder why. Wi-Fi, but without any Wi-Fi. Then what's the point of connecting? Connectables. So I guess the uh, theme behind this episode today would be uh, FOMO. FOMO, or otherwise known as fear of missing out. Okay. Okay. Where you kind of panic yourself to either not, like you you basically are frozen by decision or choice, Mm. or you act so hesitantly that you miss it, or you act so abruptly that you like basically end up punishing yourself. Like you, you act too suddenly, and it backfires because you didn't think enough. Or, or another or like a, time like a medium ground. Yeah. Or another way to look at it is timing is everything, and that's something that I've been really coming across and understanding more and more as I've gotten older and being just kind of on my own in a way, if you will. Like I've, I've yeah. noticed that with a lot, especially when all you have is to kind of rely on yourself. And I know you know about this being that you've been living on your own since you're 18. So I think it's, it's some of those things, like I was saying earlier, and I've probably mentioned it before in the podcast, but just the fact that there's some things you can go to school and learn. There's some things you can learn by osmosis Jones or by observing other people's examples, like smoking and, Drinking that you know. Osmosis Jones. <laughs> yeah, I just put it in there. Uh, <laughs> make sure, you're, make sure you're listening. Yes, yes, exactly. You get it. You've got the point. And then there's there's other things in life that you literally can't learn, no matter how much you read about it and watch videos about it. You have to, in a way, experience yourself. And it was an, actually similar to that. Another thing looking at that was I was watching uh, Survivalist. This, I forget his name. Apparently, he's pretty big. I can't remember his name. Uh, but he was talking about um, like surviving in the wild, in the wilderness, and and surviving off of like berries and and like plant life. Yeah, and and he was talking about how even him being like he was very knowledgeable going in and and um, like watched a lot of videos and read so many different books about like different plant life and stuff, and he's like. Even with that knowledge, this is the big difference between, you know, having knowledge and then putting it into action or implementing it. And he, he was saying even him, as much as he was educated and knowledgeable of plant life and berries and what's quote unquote good and bad, he's uh-huh. like, even like you need to have a quote unquote master to learn from. Because if you're not literally in the field, find literally like looking at the color and the texture and the, even if the pictures match you can still mess up and make mistakes because it's it's just that intricate and it's like you have to be under a master if you were like a mentorship yeah, or an actually, master you kind of need to just shrug off your own ego 
willing to learn and more importantly, you need to be willing to fail. Yeah. Almost yep. like with any new skill, you should almost go in expecting to fail because yeah. like the other day when I was starting to ride my skates, I, I hopped on and with complete disregard, rolled down a hill with little to no skill. <laughs> and I fell right on my ass, but I wasn't afraid to do so. And uh, what did you learn from that? Well, it kind of conquered my fear of falling. And your ass is fat. Little... I mean, yeah, it's nice and cushiony. <laughs> cushiony. But yeah, no, I, mean, it... I could have gone at that with a little bit more safety. I honestly kind of overestimated my own skills. Yeah, I'm sorry for the background, guys. I'm doing stuff with water. Oh, no. Yeah, just a heads up. Um, but yeah, it's, it, and I think that's that whole. I forgot that where they heard this phrase, but I've heard it, hearing a lot. It's failing upwards, and that's another thing. I think just what's messed up with our society in general, and we can go into a whole bunch of nefarious things about it. Just, but overall, forget that. Let's not care about that. Uh, but failing is how. I mean, almost everyone and everything, not even just people, animals, that's how they learn. Like, your overall thing, like, there was something I, I was listening to or looking up uh, regarding, like, animals and, and especially litters of animals. Like, when you see the siblings, quote-unquote, fighting with one another, or play fighting is probably the better word, to use their fighting, and you can see, like, depending if it's a dog or a cat, you know, they might actually be biting or but in that moment, in that play fight, is actually when – I think Jordan Peterson, of course, he's the one I think I heard it from, clinical psychologist, would make sense. He was talking about, like, this is where they learn social norms. Like, it's not okay to bite your sibling really hard because guess what? They could do the same thing back or worse to you. And it's like it, it, it forces you to – it's that play fighting is where you learn the, the – you know, how much you can do something. And, and especially if it does if it happens back to you, like, you get a real – you know, wake up call like, oh, okay, that's an asshole move. I should probably stop being an asshole. But I think that ties in just with bullying and stuff. When there's not a bigger bully, which there always is, there's always somebody bigger, stronger, and smarter than you. Yep. Even if you think you're the best, when you don't have that, and I, like I was talking earlier yeah. about that, like iron sharpening iron. How do I use number one? What's that? I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I'm using a gift card. And I didn't know how to use it. Yeah. Uh, he went full retard. You never go full retard. Yeah. This is how we're able to do our podcast as of now is uh, on the go. Just when we're doing a bunch of other things. Yep. Get lots of run noise. Lots of butt round noises. What? Yeah, um, FOMO is uh, closely related to stock trading and stuff like that, and fear of missing out. It, it's uh, commonly related to, um, like, say you're watching stock, and you own this stock, and you see it plummeting and plummeting and plummeting, mm-hmm. and your fear, your fear of missing tells you to just sell and lock in what little profit or loss you have at the moment. Whereas you can wait another day, and loss is going to turn around into a game. Yeah. But either way, 
is like the biggest downside of uh, being in the stock market or investment in general. Your money sit there. Because, I mean, it's going to come around eventually. Yeah. And I think that's what it, that ties in with like patience and understanding. And then I think, oh, I had something just before, something else we like talked about in regards to that. Uh, damn it, with Ooh. the stock. Hold on. I had to breathe for a second. You were saying the patience. Uh, damn it. Anyway, I'll, I'll probably remember in a second. I mean, right now. Yesterday, oh, my it. stocks freaking just plummeted yesterday. Like, uh, I'm down like $200 just from yesterday. But, I mean, it's not a big deal. It went down, so I bought more. Hmm. So okay. Now I, I get a discount on the same stocks that I already own. Yeah. and which, You just have to look which, at it in a different light sometimes. Yeah, which, which many people, again, have that – again, you – it would you would think that's counterintuitive or the opposite of what you should do, but yes, if you if you listen to any of the um, successful people, you buy when things are low because when everyone else is running away, well, guess what? It's going to go up at some point. Well, hopefully. Um, yeah. Anytime there's a hard like a, a an all time low, there's always going to be it's going to be followed by a freaking all time high shortly after. Sometimes. Yes. And that's the end flow, but it definitely market. always recovers. Well, the and, stock and, market does a ten percent correction usually, like three or four times a year. Yeah, and and this is where where knowledge and and experience and wisdom comes in because knowing the statistics of the stock market, it has that ebb and flow. It's it's constantly it's like a, a hill and valley. That's what it does, you know, the, or yeah. the bubble and the burst. I mean, that's it's just a matter of you know, picking up on it and there, you can catch trends and stuff, but it's also just knowing, Hey, yeah, this is, it's, it's like seasons in life. You know, the Bible talks about that. There's times and seasons for everything. You know, it's, you're going to have some days, you're going to have a few months of summer and then depending on what you like, most people like, I guess summer. And then you're going to have winter where times are going to be hard and you can't grow crops and you're going to, you know, fail and this and that, but there's hope at the end of the, you know, you just got to keep going a little more and you'll reach some hope and you'll move forward and grow and, and rebuild, if you will. Yeah. And I mean, you kind of got to just kiss that money goodbye. I mean, honestly, don't, don't think about like once it's in my, uh, Robin hood account, I honestly don't even consider it my money. I mean, obviously mm. it is mine, but I mean, I'm not looking you're, at you're it not as, you're not, I'm looking at it as a, like a different asset, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have like a deep emotional attachment to it. You're just like, okay, I, I settled with this before doing this, that this is what I was willing to spend. And, you know, what kind of happens, happens. And I can't be too attached to it because this is the risk I was willing to jump into and take. Yeah, can go and the longer you watch it, the easier it gets to kind of hold on to it. Like I've had this portfolio open for over a year now. So I've seen mm -hmm. it go up and down and up and down and up and down. And it see like it definitely goes up a lot more than it goes down is what I've seen. Interesting. Yeah, like it'll go down, but then shortly after it goes up. So like even if it is down at some points, you're you're still like overall profit. Like you're still yeah. up in general. You know what I mean? 
because like you're making dividends and it's been in there so long that it, it's not a loss anymore. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say uh, before I remember my brain fart was uh, how we talked about uh, I think a big problem with this. What is was it? Mofo? What is it called? Mofomo. Fear FOMO. Fear missing out. Yeah, and and just ties into and we'll probably bring this up through in past podcasts, this one and future ones is the fact that today's world is so fast paced and instantaneous. We want everything and we want it yesteryear. And it's like, that's possible with some things, but the overall, I think the general rule with many things in life and anybody can debate me on this, but anything that's literally objectively good in any sense takes time. Nothing that's, that's good is going to be instantaneous. Because if we look, especially if it's not even living, just anything, anything in growth yeah. takes the time to develop because it, it gives, and the Bible talks about this a lot too, like with money, you know, money quickly gained is quickly lost. I mean, look, well, we, my favorite mantra is 1% better every day. Mm. So as long as you yeah. can improve, even if it's only incrementally every single day, you're eventually going to get a, you know, a thousand percent or better. Yeah, at what you uh, what you started a year ago, you know what I mean. Yeah, so just making I think... incremental improvements and never stop learning. Never stop. And I I think it's like you can when going through the experience of things, you can see as to why. Like in the in the you know when it's almost like also growing in, in maturity as well, like. As we're kids, we're like, oh, why can't we do this? And why can't we that? And why this? And blah, blah. and then over time, you're like, oh, I understand why now. I shouldn't have done that that way. Or I was very impulsive here. And if I just ate cookies all day, I would be in a really bad shape and or dead right now. It's like there's, there's understanding that comes with time, with almost anything. And and it's, yeah. you know, the understanding like, um, is part of the you know, biggest you're... part. Anything. Whenever you're thinking about buying something, you know, give it a give it a day. If it's something yeah. like under a hundred dollars, yeah. it's over a hundred dollars or more. You know, whatever you're comfortable with. If it's a big purchase, yeah. give it a week, and then think about it on whether or not you really need this item. Like nope. before, I bought the washer and dryer. I waited months. Yeah, I debated yeah. on that for like five months before I actually decided to buy it. And it came down to uh, time management because on my days off, I would have, I was having two days off, but one whole day was basically laundry because we had to go to the laundromat and that's like three hours. Yeah. No, I do. I know exactly what you mean. I, I And that's something we can't, in the apartment we're in, we can't uh, buy one, especially being on the third floor, but we wouldn't be able to install one. Yeah, do you, do you know? You don't know how many. Um, well, you do know how many times I dread going to do laundry. Like I'm just like, yeah, this it's is so time-consuming and annoying, but it's a necessary thing, and I'm like, I hate this so much. And yeah, it's terrible. The worst part is I'm bad at it. Like I really don't know how to wash my clothes, and I, whatever you can laugh at me, make fun of me, whatever. But <laughs> I, in a way, never had to. And dude, there was literally. There were times, and it's not just with laundry, but other things. There was many times where I had, like, arguments with my mom because she wouldn't teach me how to do it. Like, and this is another difficulty, like, kind of what we were talking about before, where, like, I, I'm, is it FOMO? 
afraid to to move forward. Uh, part of it is because like I like doing things the right way the first time if I'm able to. Like this is why I'll like reach out to you know experts or something in a field because like they they know better. I'm going to listen to you if you have the experience, you know. And yeah, I mean you got to use the resources. Yeah, and in a way, people, I mean, we not... live in a very resource-rich oh, boy. though. Like, you can learn any skill nowadays. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I continue to learn. I'll, I'll go through a whole skill, learn everything I possibly can, and then I move on to another one. I don't know if it's boredom or if it's just a thirst for knowledge. But once I got I... done learning everything I, I, I could learn off of YouTube about yeah. motorcycles, then it just became applying those skills and then approving on them. I moved on to now inline skating and, and there's a plethora of knowledge and it's a very technical skill that you have to learn. Well, it's, it's I, I think it's the latter for you and same for myself. Like if you and I think I've said this before, if not in this podcast and the other one and just in general, like I love learning doesn't matter what it is. I just love learning. And Joe Rogan talked about it too before where he's like, you know, he wants to do so many things. And, and I love like his perspective on it. He's like, I don't understand how people like, when you ask him like, oh, what do you want to do? What do you do? They're like, I don't know. I'm bored. And he's like, are you kidding me? Like there's so many lives you can live that one life's not enough. And I, I just found that really interesting and like fascinating. And like he talked about it, like if he had multiple lives or something, like he would pursue, I don't know, Freaking fish, being a fisherman and just getting every immersing himself in that, or like painting, or, you know, you name it. And scientists, like he would love if he had the time to do that because that's that's one thing he's also. Yeah, yeah. Bro, he, he said that quite a few times. Yeah, and you know that's something I love, and this is where I think just his whole thing and his podcast. Part of the reason I think it's also so successful is that he's, especially when he's bringing top experts in any field. You're literally vicariously living through them or at least hearing their stories and experiences where you don't have to literally live through it to get the results. You're getting it from, you know, the, the foremost expert in whatever the hell it is. And it's, it's enticing because you're like, wow, I would have never thought I would have been interested in, I don't know, a guy that uh, this is just random. I don't know. What, yeah, I mean, even Joe Rogan, like, think of all the hobbies and interests that he's picked up yeah. just from starting his podcast. And we're, this is the other thing, too. Psychologists probably already know this and many others, but we're very complex beings. Like, it, this whole thing with politics and, and just everything, just being put in boxes. You know, I think Jordan Peterson uh, mentioned this before. It's like, you can, you can make. So we can define, divide ourselves into groups. Like right now we got, you know, the racist line, black versus white, and then uh, Republican versus Democrat. And we could just go down the list of all these divisive things. And then at the end of the day, though, if you can put so many, if we put enough, all the categories out there, we all overlap in almost all kinds of things. So you might be, you might think, well, on this thing, I'm completely different than this person. And then there's like 50 other things you guys are aligned with are very close and overlapping. And it's like, yeah, but I'm, this is the division one and I'm going to stick to this. And it's like, that's what's messed up about us. It's we to try to confine anyone like we're, we're very similar as human beings, but we're also very different. And we're, yeah, and we're the, tribal. Way, we always have to have something to freaking cry about. 
Yeah. And and there's a bunch of, I think, reasons for that. Um, it is the place to belong and, and having quote unquote meaning is probably the bigger thing with that. Like when you, when you're born, especially you're bombarded with everything, especially now, like what meaning do you have? Oh, I got I must listen to the quote unquote elders, everybody else who came before me because, well, they were before me. So they must know more and better. And I'm just going to follow like a robot. You know, especially now, what we just talked about what we're available to touch and learn about. Like, you don't have to subscribe and follow what everyone else is telling you, even your parents. And it, it sucks because, especially, you know, following the Bible and being a Christian, you're supposed to obey your parents and whatnot. But in there, and this is where, I, this is why I find the Bible, and I was telling you before we started the podcast, very just fascinating in any capacity, intellectually, it forces you to think about things and not just on the uh, philosophical level, but in your practical life, especially today in present day. Like there's a lot of things like when people dismiss, oh, this, it's fairy tales and it's ancient. Da, da, da. There's so many life lessons in there that are timeless that it's, you know, you can bring up also like Chinese proverbs and things like that. There's things that go beyond time itself because it's just objective truths or values you can use almost anywhere. And I think just that alone, like just even putting it to the test, uh, you know, like obey your parents and one on your elders and, you know, you have respect for others. Like there's so many things you can use throughout your life. But then the other thing it expands on is, yeah, there's a time where, you know, I forget the verse, but it's, when I was a child, I did childish things. And then when I became a man, I'm, I'm to do manly things, like meaning in maturity. And it also talks about, especially when you get married, you're you're yoking with someone else. You've created a new family and a new relationship. Therefore, your family, your parents and siblings, you're separate from them. They're still part of your family, but you've created a brand new branch, if you will, or plant. You know, if you cut off a branch from a tree, you can regrow a, a new tree if you you know, do it well yeah. enough. Um, but it's it's a new one. It is partially from the old one, but it's a whole new one in itself that it needs its own, you know, things and ecosystem in order to, to grow where if it constantly reverts back to the the tree it came from, it's not gonna survive. And that's where that individualistic and and independence needs to kind of play in. You gotta it's it's about that balance, which is very difficult. You know, uh, and I'm this I'm literally talking the way i'm telling you this is i'm this in, in a way projecting but i'm also literally trying to think it through myself this is a struggle i've had my entire life is how do i you know maintain my relationships and and respect and honor and i don't know be helpful to those i love and care about and that have provided for me for everything i i have but also how do i continue to grow and develop myself being that a lot of things that I want to do and think and ponder on are in a, in a way go against and not even in a bad way or a negative way, just go against what a lot of them think or imagine or believe, you know, the way life goes. Like some things I'm just curious about where maybe others are like, Oh, that's evil or wrong or whatever. And it's, it's, you know, and, and depending on, you know, knowing yourself, but then other things are uh, like we were talking about the, you know, failing and stuff it's like oh well why would you even consider doing it like you're gonna fail and you're gonna mess up and that's what i was trying to get to like the problem with this society for the most part is like you're we're not allowed to fail and that's messed up on, on so many levels 
because we're not perfect beings. Like no, we you are should almost fail. strive to fail. I mean, yeah. not not in, not in a literal sense, but I mean, if yeah. you're not if you're not failing, you're not learning most of the time. Well, you see, this is the easiest thing on the planet a hundred times a day, or the hardest yeah. thing on the planet one time a day. Even if you're failing every day, you're probably going to get a little bit better every day at it. Well, that time that's just timing with anything. You put invest time in anything. You can almost more than likely, again, it also depends on individuals. Some people are better at other things. Some people pick things up faster than others. But give, it, give anybody a limit, unlimited time, they will be able to do anything. You know, and, and obviously being that our lives are finite, except for the people who believe in reincarnation and stuff like that, which that in itself I find interesting and fascinating because how many lives do you need to live before you, I don't know, some people I think believe they, recall the memories they had in the past lives. And for me, I'm just thinking like, then why aren't you the best version of yourself yet? Like how many times do you need to relive that life or lives in order to understand things? Uh, it's, I think right. it's cool, but then also at the same time, I, for those of us who don't believe in reincarnation, like talk, listening to like that little thing I brought about Joe Rogan, like there's so many lives to live. And well, if I don't, let's say life is finite, because this is a philosophical and ex existential thing. Fine, you believe in reincarnation. Like, Why aren't you the best? I think a lot of people that believe in reincarnation enjoy life in general. And it's not so much about learning, it's more about experiencing. So the thought of being able to come back and experience a whole different like, choice of options. There's a lot of people that believe in uh, reincarnation also believe that your life is a planned thing and you, you go back and mm -hmm. you kind of pick your acquaintances and a lot of people that have been in your past lives end up in your new life but as a new yeah. person or animal well there's even even those who don't believe in, in reincarnation believe in something like predestination i don't know if you heard of that like there's christians and whatnot believers that believe in like predestination like well everything in your life has already been predestined so and and this has been a contention because i've been debating that too it's like well then where does free will come in because everything's predestined then technically you have no free will which would then that contradicts it in a way the the whole thing with if we look at the bible from the beginning where god created adam and eve and essentially gave us free will that's that's what separates us from every other creature living creature god created was he gave us free will whereas the angels are kind of i don't want to say programmed but i guess in a way you know they're they they live to serve him where you and i can do whatever the hell we want literally especially on this earth i mean even if none of that was true the day we live in right now we literally can do whatever we want good or bad uh and what's unfortunate is that some of the evil destructive things and you know objectively evil things uh are getting like this world's getting flipped upside down. Like, oh yeah, you can go and bash buildings and stuff and burn things down and beat people up and kill them and destroy their lives as long as you're on the on the right quote unquote team, like we talked about earlier. And it's like that's friggin' crazy. But apparently it's doable. Because there's people friggin' doing it. <laughs> and being very successful and supported by others. And that's another thing. It's just because everybody else is doing something doesn't mean they're right. There was Oh, damn it. There was something I heard a few times before and heard again recently. And it was something about like, so one, there was two things. There's one thing I heard. Well, if everybody's telling you the same thing, like you're crazy, then you must be crazy. But then there's the other thing, just 
equal and, and probably more as more powerful is if we look throughout history, anybody who during their time was deemed crazy and then fast forward several decades or so. And we're looking at them as gods or, well, they were beyond their yeah, time. They're the, they're the innovators of exactly. their generation. So this is, this is where that, like, I, this is something I weigh in throughout my life all the time where a lot of people are like, and I was telling you earlier, just the, you know, the last five years of marriage and stuff. And I'm not going to get into detail with that, but like a lot of times where it's like, it doesn't matter how much evidence is presented and whatnot, people still aren't going to listen to you or they're still not going to believe you. And, you know, it's weighing that out. Like I'm trying to prove myself, even though through my own anecdotal experiences, I know what I'm talking about. I've lived through it and I've, I've helped others who aren't that close to me. I think it's, I think the biggest thing is just those closest to you sometimes are the most blind or the most oblivious to certain things. Okay. Um, so let's get into something a little bit more relative. Um, what's the most recent new skill that you've picked up in your life? Recent new skill? Yep. Something that you kind of grew very passionate about learning or something like that. Uh, I don't know. Because I haven't really dived, dove into anything. That's that's another one of my problems right now. And I think why I'm, I'm kind of angry at myself with a lot of things is I miss that part of me where I had the opportunity to, to dive into things. Like we were talking about when we were younger, like with streaming and stuff, like I, I was, I dove into video games and I loved it in sports and stuff. And I was like, I wish I knew how to monetize or someone to like, this is where, where I was mentioning about mentorship and stuff, which I, I wish I had someone to kind of guide me. And you don't need to give me all the answers, just simple guidelines for me to kind of go off of. And then, you know, I'd be good from there. Uh, well, I do know a lot of streamers just start out throwing up clips of them playing video games. Yeah. And then yeah. once they get a following, that's when they actually start streaming. It's but very I, hard to start the other way around where you're just yeah. streaming to build a following. Yeah. Well, that, that's Unless the thing. You I, already I, have a very large social media oh, platform. Like all of these celebrities, they can just hop on any social media platform. Oh, and yeah. Just they're they're have done. a following. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you so they can just play video games and make millions of dollars. Like I don't know new skill. Wise, <laughs> yeah, new new skill wise, I I don't really know if there's anything I really picked up on it. There's a lot of things that I've kind of trying to get back into, like fitness. I know we talked about that, and I want to get back into Brazilian Jiu Jitsu again. And a lot of those things, even though. I haven't been doing it. It's been on my mind. So it's like right now I'm in, in my stage of life where I'm trying to, and I'm finally kind of in a, in a way where I kind of have the opportunity to get back to doing the things I loved and had to sacrifice with everything, you know, that life brought on with marriage and just the pandemic and everything. And, and I'm finally feeling comfortable uh, being able to do that and some of it just doing it because I, I can't wait any longer for a number of reasons. Um, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. Yeah. It was closing out the app. That was the problem. Freaking anchor. Always something. Yeah. I know. Freaking. There's one thing I've got something to say about everything. Yeah. There's one thing I don't like about these. Uh, Galaxy Pods is the fact that I hope I don't lose you. Here, I stepped away. Is the fact that uh, the battery is not as 
good as the Skull Candy. I think from when I checked too, the older model Skull Candy I has, I have is longer lasting than like the newest ones and almost anything else on the market, which is crazy. Oh, wow. And even the case like then. But anyway, technology, got to deal with stuff, right? So, uh, don't mind me. I'm going to be warming up some food. I'm hungry. It's lunchtime. Good. Well, we'll be on. Uh, put on my skates. Okay. Uh, real quick, uh, I'm pretty sure we you're able to like take the first half hour we did. We can you can edit it together, right? We can yeah, it. yeah. We can put them okay. together, and then edit out some things like maybe the end of that. So my manager and boss came in, and I don't know if they said anything, but anyway, um, fork. I need a fork and a knife. Yeah, you do. Fuck you. You got to do some blading, huh? Yeah, yeah. Figure nice. mine, mine as well. Very nice. This time I don't want to step in an ant bed. <laughs> Did you pick a safer place to shit, sit? Sit on your shit? Yeah, I picked a different place to park my car this time. Park also, I have a freaking monster blister on the bottom of my foot. From blading? Yep. Did you, um, did you, what kind of socks are you wear? Like, I know you said high, so- high tops, but are they thick too? No. Actually, I'm trying to remember now. If I remember, I think blisters or is it smell? I think blisters, like even thickness can also, like, depending on the thickness of, of, uh, of a uh, sock, that actually might be part of the reason why you get more blisters. I forget. And then even some thin one. I forget what. I might be butchering the whole breakdown of it. I think there's there's sometimes correlation, or depending on the material. Maybe it's the material. And I notice, like with my boots, like there's some socks uh-huh. that, like the thin ones. Sometimes give me blisters, depending on what I'm doing, too, like how strenuous it is or whatever I'm doing. But then the thick ones, I like the thicker ones that I have. I got to look at the material. And I think I don't deal with any blistering, no matter how much I'm doing anything. But obviously, my feet are, well, you already established this yesterday. They're soaked. Like, those socks are drenched. That's how I'm done with that. Your feet get soaked? Yeah, from wearing boots yeah. because it like I, I wear boots most times when I'm working, and mm-hmm. just because like I'm doing a lot of manual stuff and sometimes outdoor stuff. Like yesterday, I was moving freaking big rocks to set up a perimeter on the parking lot that we have. Like anywhere from I don't know, I'm gonna say like five, maybe ten pound rocks to. Probably 50 or 60 pounds. Like those are the heaviest ones. It's a pain in the okay. ass. So, you know, it's good to have steel-toed boots just in case. I haven't had any incidents, but it's always good to be safe and sorry. So. Yeah, no, I wear, I wear steel-toed works, but mine don't get soaked. My feet don't get soaked when I'm wearing just regular boots. But in these skates, dude, they get soggy. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, so I guess another thing I should say, I, 
I'm working anywhere from eight to like 10 hour days, maybe 12 hour days. So that's also part of the reason I think it gets soaked is like, it's literally, my feet are literally stuck in there for that long. And I'm oh, no, around. mine get the stinking because I do a 10 hour days. Yeah. Like my freaking feet stink after a 10 hour day. You use steel toed or what do you use for work? They're steel toed. Okay. And you don't, but you don't sweat? Like you're not soaked? I sweat, but not as much as I do when I'm wearing these skates. Nah. No, usually by the time I get home and pull my boots off and try to get the socks off, it stinks and it's soaked and sweaty. Which I think that's part of the reason like I've had, I think, athlete's foot. I still don't really know exactly what, are, what athlete's foot entails, kind of, but I'm pretty sure I've had it. And I guess fungus there, because I remember my wife was complaining about stuff and I get took, ah, motherfucker. Oh, I just heated up food and I opened up the top. <laughs> Forgetting that it's really hot. <laughs> I'm okay. Um, but she helped me with like cleaning my feet and and I know I know one way to to help mitigate like fungus or anything on your feet is changing your socks if you can do it multiple times a day. Like ideally, I probably would like to do that, but or maybe when I'm done with my shift from work, like switch into sneakers or you know a new pair of socks. And also changing, don't not wearing the same pair of shoes uh, every day. Yeah, that's one thing. Like my shoe collection, if you will, is larger than my wife's, and so she'll complain about it sometimes. My my mom did to her the other day. Well, oh, that, that's how I am. I have a bunch of shoes. <laughs> I don't like wearing look, the same ones the thing, because of that reason. You freaking oh, yeah, stick oh, them up. Well, that's that's what my wife told my mom because she was like, "Oh, why does he have so many shoes?" I don't know. And she was like, well, because he had fungus and whatnot. And I, I'm not talking crazy, bad fungus. I'm gonna, I think it was athlete's foot fungus, where it's like itchy and blistering. Not blistering, like dry, not dry skin. Dry skin and like peeling. I don't know if you've had that before. But I think that's, I think that's part of the uh, athlete's foot. I could be wrong, but I think the itching, the, the dry, peely, you know, flaky skin on the foot is like a thing. Um, she was like, well, it's because he had the, you know, that fungus. And it's, again, it wasn't bad. It was just, it was an inconvenience, if you will. That's, that's what athletes put is. It, it's, it's a pretty, depending on, you know, how bad it is, it could be a big inconvenience or just an annoying, a, a nuisance. And that's, that's kind of what it was for me. It was a nuisance. And, you know, so it took, it took a few rows. <laughs> well, that too. It's, it's smell. Well, I just figured stinky feet because I was an athlete. Most of my life, and so I was like, "All right, yeah, my feet sweat because <laughs> I'm on my feet all day." But uh, but it's I forget what I came across, but yeah, changing socks and shoes daily, or in a sense, not wearing the same shoes every day is is very big way to kind of mitigate that from happening. So, and I try to have like very multiple shoes for for multiple things. Like I have two steel-toed boots. I'll try to alternate every other day if I can, especially if, you know, if it's for work. I actually need to get new ones because they're going back. And then I have multiple um, – what's it called? What's the thing? Multiple sclerosis. No. Uh, I have multiple, um, like, uh, athletic shoes, like running shoes and stuff like that because I use it for – a lot of times I use those sneakers for like everyday stuff too. So not just running, like I just have multiple ones for that. And then I do actually need to get 
not only because it's starting to fall apart or starting to get damaged, but I need to get some more uh, indoor soccer cleats and I think regular soccer cleats. Just cause, not because yeah. not really I'm playing every day, but I noticed I need to air it out because I usually leave it inside of a plastic bag in my bag because I have all my soccer – like I have my – I have a separate gym bag, soccer bag, uh, bag for having to go to you – know, like doing the, the parties at work, like the, the gear and stuff associated with that. My wife complains all the time. She's like, you have so many different bags, so many things. I'm like, well, it's because it saves a lot of time and I know where everything is for the most part when I need it. That's part of the reason. Uh, but I noticed I need to get into the habit of airing those things out too and finding a place to air those things out because who wants to smell stinky, sweaty socks and shoes? You know, well, especially the shoes part all day long in a small apartment without circulation. <laughs> so that's something to figure out. Working on that. And how you doing over there? You got the. I already, already feel the exercise happening. So you're, you're already bleeding? Yeah. All right. Uh, no, actually, I don't really hear anything. That's why I was, I didn't know what happened to you. <laughs> I thought I might have lost you. My headset's to voice isolation mode. So I was just okay. wondering, like, how well it freaking works. Yeah, well, yeah, no, I, I hear nothing. That's why I was, I was, I thought I might have been talking to myself for, for a minute, or maybe you were focused on your rollerblading. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna. Just kind of listening to you and focusing on turning around. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's doing a good job because I, nice. I don't see anything but nice. you. So. The technology what? is working. Hold on a second. I'm gonna get this stupid alarm in my game. Flash Royale. Or just chests. Flash Royale. Yep. So, um, I guess maybe we should get back into where we left off before it kind of got cut off at work. Um, I'm trying to remember what I was talking about. What's that? Where do we leave off? Uh, we left off with a hanging turd, and the sphincter wouldn't clip it. So <laughs> it was a it was a turd hanger, almost like a cliffhanger. Sphincter. Dun, dun, dun. Sphincter. Uh, let me see if I can sit down over here real quick. Oh shenanigans. I think this movie theater is my favorite place to skate. I think I, I can get my basics down here. Wait, what you freaking the movie What's theater? That? What'd you say with the movie theater? I, I missed that. This might be my new favorite place to skate. Get my basics okay. down here. And okay. Then move on to skating wherever. Like it. You should. You thought about. Do they? I think I asked you yesterday. I don't know if you told me. Are there skate parks? I would assume there's skate parks somewhere nearby. Like. Quiet at the skill level where I can go to a skate park. <laughs> say again? As I imagine there is. I don't think I'm quiet at the skill level where I need to be. Oh, you're getting a little, uh, little staticky or something. But you said depending on your skill level. I said I'm not quite at the skill level where I should be at a skateboard. Do you hear that? Yeah, I heard. It. Sorry, I'm chewing. Okay, he's crunching, munching over there. I'm having, I'm having lunch, ladies and gentle beans. 
I'm not a gentle um, bean. I'm a mean bean. Ooh, be careful of that one. Feisty. <laughs> well, I was thinking more in the sense of going to a skate park and maybe being around others who are more skillful and potentially like befriending some or asking them for like, you know, tips and stuff. Yeah, I kind of want to do that eventually. I'm just kind of yeah. good at um, coming to a stop, controlling my speed, uh, skating backwards. Okay. Uh, I've been practicing like three different kinds of stops and uh, also sharp turning and then also sharp brake turning. Okay. So it's like a, it's called a J curve. I think I think these are called roller blades, right? Roller blading, not roller skating. Because I think roller skating is the old school stuff where it's the four wheels, like a regular yeah. car. You can call it. Uh, there's a few things you can call it. Inline skating, I think. Inline skating or aggressive inline skating. Mine is like a. I'm, I'm doing a urban. What's that urban? What? I'm sorry, it's cutting out. Uh, urban skating. Urban. Okay. It is everywhere's your skateboard. Or maybe urban inline skating might be another one too. And maybe another way to look at it is like ice skating. Because it's a blade, so roller blading is, you know, it's the four wheels that are all lined up one one behind the other. Yeah. Like an ice skate. I don't know. Something maybe to help people understand. And now I remembered what we were talking about, what we ended on, the uh, cliffhanger. It was what new skill was I um, kind of working on or, or diving into? Shit, put the wrong one. Uh-oh, he learned, a new, he learned the wrong skill, guys. Oh, no. You can't go back now. Back. Um, I'm also kind of focusing on my balance on either one leg, two legs, or, you know, rotating between one and the other on just one leg. Okay. Because I can, I can turn with just one leg. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to reminisce now back when I had rollerblades crash. It was well over probably 15 years ago. Yeah. Somewhere around there. So about Man, a half a life ago. Holy crap, is it a workout? Oh, that I remember. That I remember because that I was good at going fast. Yeah. That was pretty much it. Horrible at stopping. I had gotten better at slowing down. I was really I don't think I ever really learned how to stop, but I got better at slowing down. Major, so I would like watch their feet and it's very similar like they would like when they're turning they put one foot over the other in a line and you pretty yeah. much adjust like you minimally adjust your uh, your uh, angle like that okay and then the other it's way is you basically you line up your feet parallel parallel to each other and you angle your skates to where uh that turns you, and it's also slowing you down because you're like skidding on the sides of your wheels. Yeah, you're yeah, yeah. better at that. 
Yeah, no, I'm literally envisioning it while you're saying it. Yeah, while I was doing it while I was saying it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, that's how you get it down. That's like, I guess that's another thing in life, like any trade or something. Yeah, yeah I guess the overall, tr- like any learning a trade or something like regarding skill. That's that's something that, and like I was telling, talking about the, the berry guy, you know, in the wild. It's yeah. one of the, some of those things in life where there's there's no amount of knowledge or in-class learning you can do. The most is having to do it yourself, like the experience of learning that trade. Like you can learn all you want, but until you actually put into practice, you, you know, those types of things, like a mechanic or something or plumber yeah. or electrician, like those things you could read all you want about it, but until you do it, it's, it's you know, different. And there's some basic things you can follow that you don't need to. Like when I fixed my car electronically years ago. Yeah, had, you told me about that. Yeah. When I had, like, compared to literally everybody else who was trying to help me with the car, yeah. I was a noob. And my two brothers and one of my best friends and my neighbor – an older guy, and, and even the mechanic that I had come to my house, like none of them could figure out what was wrong. They all had different ideas, you know. Everybody thought it was the battery to begin with, which I had assumed as well, going off what I know about cars and electronics. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, maybe it's the alternator. And I was like, crap, if it's that, it's, that's even worse. But then I went, I was using my basic five senses and using my observation skills and noticing how the electronics were moving and responding, which, which I had a feeling this can't be the battery because if it was the battery, then those electronics wouldn't work at all. Like they wouldn't try to start. So that's when I started thinking, okay, what else could it be? And that's similar to like doctors and diseases and science in general. It's a, when you don't know something, it's a matter of testing. It's what a process of elimination Right. That's how you kind of come to some conclusions. So in a way you could think about it like, well, you're not getting the answer right away. Well, it's like, cause I don't know what it is or what it possibly could be. And in order to do that, I need to test for all of the things in order to find what it might be. Yeah. Or what it might be closest to. Cause you might not get a definitive answer, but you can get pretty damn close. I've only been skating for like maybe 10 minutes. What's that? I've only been skating for like maybe 10 minutes and I'm already pretty worn out. (laughs) Oh, man. I'll tell you what, this gets the cardio going, man. Oh, yeah. And by the way, ladies and gentle beans or mean beans, he's doing this outside in Texas. What is it over there? Probably 70, 70, 80 degrees. Oh, uh, let's, let's check what the weather is. I can check on my watch. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Ten, of Looks like it is. It's in the. 
82. 82 degrees outside right now. Celsius. What? Celsius. Fahrenheit. We'll have to translate for other uh, listeners at some point. Yeah, I'm just really trying to get these turns down and then transitioning to backwards is what I'm looking for on the day. Nice. Very nice. Yep. Uh, I still haven't quite figured out how to uh, skate backwards. That's kind of hard. Because it kind of goes up, it goes against like everything you know. You know, mm. with walking. <laughs> yeah. It seems like I'm decent at right hand turns, but I'm pretty weak on the left. So I'm just going to focus on that for now. Hmm. Well, that's, I think, very useful, maybe, advice for learning a new skill or something is learning it first with your dominant side or hand or whatever, and then incorporating using the least, the least dominant or lesser dominant or weaker side. Or you could kind of do both, depending on who you are. Some people might just like even though their dominant side is better to do back and forth or focusing all on the weak side to build up uh, the other side to similar statute. So, yeah, I just like to the way. a little bit evenly so I get good on both sides. So if I need to make a turn, I can do it. If I need to make a sharp right turn, I can do it. Yeah. So I'm building up the speed, and then with these turns, instead of stopping, you're just changing direction, so you don't really need to stop. Even if you're going downhill, if your wheels are sideways, you're you're stopped. Hmm. Well, because they can't move that way. You know something I was thinking. Like, while you were talking and just in general when learning something new. Yeah. Like a skill, especially, or, or something else. There's some things that you think might be counterintuitive or, like, the opposite of what you think is the right way to do something. And especially when someone's telling you, well, you know, especially if they're a good teacher or whatever or instructor, they're going to tell you, like, look, this, this might feel like it's this opposite of what's natural, but this is actually – what needs to be done in order for this to work properly. And it's just like what you're walking through right now with the turning and stopping. Like you think it's counterintuitive or wrong. Like, like how can I go backwards while blading? And it's like, well, that's the thing with this. You can do that. And it's a matter of, it's, it's like, it's like a, not even deceiving yourself or your mind, but it's also overcoming that fear of like the unknown, if you will. Because you're thinking like, well, that's, you know, that's not going to, you're trying to logically or rationalize something that's, it's just not going to compute for you until you actually do it and then experience it. And then you're like, oh, now I see how this works and why it works rather than just being told, well, it's going to work. Well, how? There's no way. Again, there's some things you just have to experience in life in order to, to understand. And why it's difficult sometimes to even try to explain to other people who haven't been through stuff in general, like, well, I need the quantifiable evidence and the 
analytical stuff. I need all the stats. And it's like, there's just some things that can't be explained. I'm sorry. It's just the only thing I can do is show you. I can, it's that, you know, saying you can bring a horse to the, to the water, but that doesn't mean the horse is going to drink. You know, so it's like I can provide everything, but it's it's you have to experience it yourself. There's only so much I can bring to the table. I'm getting. I'm definitely significantly better. This is day day three. Oh, okay. I just thought of something. Yeah. Oh, sorry to cut you off. Yes, he's you're still working on this and. And you put a good amount of time in since you're you're off these last few days, so you're definitely investing a good amount of time. Yeah. Uh, something that I haven't – I just thought of a skill, if you will, or something that I'm working on. Uh, I would say swimming, uh, only because oh. I just signed up to a gym, like, uh, I don't know, two months, month and a half ago. And well, You know I love swimming, right? No. Yeah, dude, that was like my my second to skating. That was my favorite thing to do as a kid. Okay. I mean, I love swimming in general. Right? Or water. Sorry, I love the water. Like being in water, beach, pool, whatever it is. But not really per se swimming. I was never really great at it. I knew how to do it. Um, I still don't know how to float. That's something that my wife's been trying to help me out with a lot. But what I did do notice, and I think – I, never, I, I still can't float. I never figured that out. I don't yeah. think. I don't think I'm just. I don't think I'm a buoyant person, honestly. I, well, that, that's what I was actually going to mention is the fact that, like, I've noticed, I have a tendency of sinking, even like when I'm not trying to uh, float. Like my yeah. body just naturally. I think I'm just denser. I think there's science to back it up too. I know there's a, another friend of mine. I think that has an issue too. Where you're like, if you, if you, if I ball up, if I ball up like underwater, I just start to sink eventually. Whereas other people can float and depending on the day too. Sometimes I can float. I think part of the buoyancy could be that like, there's, there's a lot of things to look into. You know, muscle is denser. Uh, was it two times denser than fat? And yeah. if you think about it, women, they have a lot more fat deposits like boobs and their ass and their hips and you know wherever the fat deposits sink say yeah no like i can i can ball up the bottom of like any body of water and literally not not rise <laughs> i can just sit on the bottom yeah i'm like a rock i just oop. um and not to say that i am dwayne the rock johnson and bulging with muscles I think the other thing is bone density, which can play a factor as well. Um, sorry, eating over here, almost done. Just anything related to density and, and buoyancy. You know, we it's known. You know, fat fat is good for floating, um, but also too much of it could be could do some design. But fat, as we know, like with uh, oil and water, they don't mix, and oil usually sits on top of water. Water, and fat is a a lipid, so it's a form of oil or fat. Sorry, oil is a form of fat, so that that would float. So scientifically, it makes sense. 
And there could be a bunch of other reasons, too. Definitely the amount of air you have in your lungs. Because I know there's times where, you know, you'll push out a little bit and I'll start sinking faster. Yeah. And that's always fun. Woo! All right. I'm going to pop a squat real fast. Pop a squat? And, yeah, these damn blisters are already killing my freaking feet. Yeah, that's not going to be fun. Well, then, if you really want to go ham, and you probably won't, because he's just an animal in itself, you can do the David Goggins approach and just keep pushing yourself until there's nothing left. No, I've done that. About David Goggins, right? I think you know of him, too. Yeah, the guy. The guy's a monster. He, uh, he is an absolute he is. beast. Yeah, I, I think he's the epitome of of doing, pushing your mind to do anything and beyond. Like the mental fortitude of that man is it's incomprehensible. Like, well, it's uncomparable. Like, there's, is there another person like him? He's a truly like one of a kind person. Ooh, a dime. I, I'd say very rare. And it, there might be others similar, but I don't think to his intensity. And I think what's, What's even crazier about him is the fact – you just mentioned mental fortitude. What's even crazier about that is the fact that if you listen to his interviews, and I've listened to a lot of interviews about him. Yeah. He is still that, as he puts it, bitch boy or bitch man, whatever. Like that weak child that was abused and, and constantly ridiculed and attacked. Like he literally – so he, I think he, he, t- he calls it two different names. There's Goggins. And then there's David Goggins. David Goggins is like the normal self of his that we don't tend to see because that's like when he's isolated by himself. And then he he morphs into Goggins, which is the guy that can literally do anything (laughs) and has no limits. And I find that very interesting. I've seen several interviews with him where he talks about that. And he's like, like when people are like, oh, yo, you're so badass. Like, I I will never be able to be like you. He's like. I, it takes me, he's like, there's some days it takes him like two hours to get himself into the Goggins mode. Like he's fighting that bitch self of his. That's why if you listen to him, like a lot of people don't like him because there's so much cursing he does and whatever. Like he's literally willing himself out of his scared state in order to be the confident Goggins. So that I think in itself is just insane. Like that mental fortitude of this, essentially he's a weak man and he knows it. And he has to, like, will himself and scare himself out of that weak state in order to be that strong man that we see, you know, with all the endeavors he's done. Right. That in itself is frigging – that in itself is just crazy. Like, he's beating up his weak self. And not in a a bad way. Like, oh, you can't be weak or you shouldn't be weak. Just that, like, he knows that weak self doesn't get him anywhere, literally and figuratively. Like, it's it's a – not a prison, but like uh, a paralyzing state where he, he's incapable of doing stuff. And, you know, anyone who's been through depression and stuff like that and in weak moments in life and wishes, they, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Because when you've been through stuff like that, you know exactly what that is and feels like. And I've been there many a times. That's part of the reason I even pushed to start this podcast today, not only because I knew you were off, but... Like I was, I was mentioning Mr. Beast, which I don't think we started talking about in the podcast yet, but just listening to him and his, his interviews in the last 
like two hours worth. Like it just uh-huh. me and got me wanting to like no excuse and just start doing what you enjoy, no matter how much it might fail. Like this podcast, if it doesn't do well or, you know, people are complaining, it's like, okay, I'm just going to keep doing it and keep pumping stuff out. Just superseding that whole thing. The notion of like, I need a curtail to others and not keep pursuing this because other people aren't satisfied or whatever. Like just need to keep pushing and doing better and better and better. And, you know, that's not the end goal, but that way I don't stop. Like pretty much he talks about it. Like the one interview impulsive, like he's like, cause they're like, Oh, what do you, you know, what are your um, endeavors outside of YouTube? And he's like, I don't really have any, even though he's got uh, two charity companies and, He's a philanthropist and stuff. He's like, this is kind of my thing. And, and a few times I took away from it and like didn't do it. I, I got depressed and I was like, yeah, that's like an immersive thing. Like, like I know myself, I'm not, if I'm not into something a hundred percent, a hundred fifty percent, I'm not into it. And then it's like, you can literally see it in many aspects. Yeah. And, it sucks. and then it's also like maybe an identity crisis because his identity. Is oh kinda- yeah all of these things that he does well so actually when you don't do that i mean it's almost like you're breaking yourself or you don't feel like yourself well that's a good thing you even brought up just that identity and how it's tied in him only because he was doing this since he technically started like youtube when he was 11 and by 13 like reset everything but he's been doing this for he's 23 now so 10 to 12 years already. So yeah, this literally, for the most part, has been his life. And especially the way he dove deep into it. I don't know if I went into how, like, he started. Um, I was talking to Swag Salad about it. But, like, I don't know if you want me to kind of cover Because you didn't know too much about him, I think, when we were talking before. And I didn't either. I remember hearing of him, but... Water, water went down the wrong hole. Oh! Yeah, <laughs> we just killed uh, Kagan. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, the talking turd is now dead. I am dead. Dead. But I don't know if you want me to kind of go in, like, the background that I've... I honestly didn't know he was only 23. Yeah, that's the the other thing, too. I found that out on Joe Rogan, and I think, well, and Impulsive, the other video. Actually, all the videos I sent you guys in the group chat. And I was like, holy crap, I would have, yeah. And on top of that, he's, I believe... We can, anybody listening, and we can check later, but I believe he's the top YouTube channel in the world or, or personnel in the world between all of his channels. If I remember correctly, right, while well, I was on Joe Rogan, he was asking how many su- su- subscribers he has. I think he said between all of his channels, he has over 200,000, uh, 200 million, sorry, it's not 1,000, 200 million subscribers. Um, possibly that's what you most... said about Mr. Beast. Wait, what? That's what you said about Mr. Beast. Yeah, Mr. Beast has over two hundred million. Oh, I thought you're saying Mr. Or Mr. Goggins. <laughs> Mr. Rogan. Mr. Goggins. No, no, for YouTube, because that's essentially his life. Mr. Beast has over two hundred million subscribers. Well, I'm like between like a like different channels. Yeah, between all of his channels. And he brought some very interesting things. Like, 
So I guess I'll try to summarize like what he was talking about, how he got started. Uh-huh. So when it was when he was eleven, he uploaded a he uploaded a game clip of a game he played. I forget what the name was. It was I didn't even know it when he said it to Rogan. He's like, "Oh, you won't know it." And I was like, "Yeah, I don't even know that." So I don't know what it was. Anyway, he uploaded because somebody like hacked the game and like destroyed his towers or something, his fortress, and. That video got 20,000 views. That, so he was like, because my first, yeah, exactly. He's like, my first video ever, <laughs> I got 20,000 views. And I was like, that's freaking crazy. But then he mentioned it was, it was because, like, a high percentage of those viewers were people from that game community. So I mean, but he said most of them were. We're going to a video only because it was they were they were they didn't know that you can hack into the game. So a lot of it was probably just people trying to figure out how to hack the game. But either way, you got those views. So his very first taste of YouTube was really well received. Um, I mean, and I can ask you this: you've been doing YouTube videos for a while and streaming. Have you ever get twenty thousand views for one of your videos? Nope. Yeah. So imagine your first video ever at 11. 20,000 views. That's like... What's that? Quite a few videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I've watched almost all of them. Yeah. Many of them. But Many so, of them. That was his first taste. Then he, then he started... Um, then he was doing that for a bit, and then around 13, he said a, uh, a friend of his came across his channel, and he got embarrassed and whatnot, and he deleted everything. Oh. I was like, oh, that sucks. And then he started, I don't know when he said he started up again. Um, why don't I say maybe later, maybe around 13, maybe that same year, he started up again, and then has been doing it ever since, you know, 23 now, so 10 years later, and he's arguably one of, if not the most popular YouTuber on the planet with what I just showed, 20, 200 million plus million subscribers. Um, funny enough, like some of the the uh, other channels that I watched that the only reason I came across him was because he was on Joe Rogan. So I think we, I don't know if I was talking that with you or no, Swag's had, he's like, oh, I don't know <laughs> Joe Rogan. But it was funny because like, I like the breakdown these these other guys uh, gave of like his interview. Yeah, with regards to like like a lot of people don't really know of him outside of the YouTube realm because that's where he stays primarily, and I think specifically and for a specific reason because that's that's only where he wants to be. But I like how they were describing like there's you know the mainstream media we think of you know. News, uh, CNN, NBC, all these other, you know, crazy things, Fox and all that stuff. And then when they were talking about him, Joe Rogan and Mr. B sitting together, they're like, no, they are the mainstream media because of their numbers and subscribers alone. Like they blow out all these people. They blow them out of the water. All these channels with their viewership and subscribers. Like they don't even come close to either one of them, let alone together. And 
I like how they were talking about like uh, and, and it was on Andrew Schultz's show. He's a comedian. Uh, he's pretty intelligent and funny. Uh, if you ever go check him out, um, he's really good at. Oh, I think I've seen him. Yeah, he's really good at. I forgot what it's called. Not crowd call. Like he's really good at taking, like reaching out to the crowd and just working off the crowd, and just like any questions and ideas. Like he's really good at doing that. One of the best I think I've seen for, to be able to do that. Like almost anything he can, he can work off of anybody in the, their life or something like that. Wow. Um, yeah, he, that's he's pretty knowledgeable. Particular skill too. Oh yeah, it's like he's definitely been doing this for a long time. To he's kind of young, but in the sense of doing that, like that's a, that's not easy to do. You have to be knowledgeable because he's able to hang with almost anybody, any ethnicity and background, and they're just like it's like he just keeps up with them, and it's just it's pretty crazy. Anyway, I just he he has he's very insightful. He actually did a interview with uh, Jordan Peterson and some of the comments on there, it was really good. And a lot, some of the comments on there were like, wow, this was probably one of the best interviews that anyone has given to Jordan Peterson because he had Jordan. Pe- There's a few people like Joe Rogan. I don't know if you've seen Joe Ro- uh, Jordan Peterson on Joe Rogan. Like Joe Rogan was able to, in a way, not stump Jordan Peterson, but get him to think. And I know that's something that, uh, Jordan Peterson loves like I think the first time I ever saw Jordan Peterson um, really be excited in an interview and, and and feel like he was engaged with an equal was when he was on Dave Rubin's show with um, Ben Shapiro mm. that was one of the first times I saw Jordan I don't know if you ever seen that it's a really good episode I think they did two possibly but that was one of the first times I ever saw Jordan Peterson like smiling and laughing in an interview because him and Jordan, him and um, Ben Shapiro were going back and forth on things, but in in a good way. Like they weren't attacking one another. They were just like, yeah. And then, you know, it was like you were just le- looking at intellectuals freaking just bouncing ideas off of one another. And you're just sitting like a fly on the wall. It's just like, holy crap, this is crazy. You know what they were able to just do. And, and it was one of the first ones, I think at the time, where Jordan Peterson wasn't frigging being ambushed and attacked and cornered and being ridiculed and, and being told that he's uh, inciting conflict and stuff. So in a way, I think, I think he kind of talked about it, but you can see like his guard was down. Whereas all the other interviews, if you notice, like his guard was up because they're constantly coming at his throat. And it's like, I just mm. find it so funny all the time. They're like, Oh, well, you know, why are, why are most of your viewers uh, angry white males and this and that? It's like, well, you're pissing everybody, all the, even him. Like, you, why are people so angry? Well, when you're attacking them all the time, they're not going to be nice. Like, it's just common sense. Like, oh, why, why is everybody so angry? Well, why are you always coming after him? Why are you always trying to get an angle on him? Why are you always trying to catch him doing something? Like, you're not actually genuine when you're asking him questions. Like, yeah, I just and it's mind. one of those things where a lot of people, after they've actually listened to what he has to say, oh yeah, they most never of the time their, their minds change most of the time. Oh yeah, he's pretty open-minded. Yeah, and he as he he puts it best, he's not um, oh, what the hell is the word? Not enticing, not invoking. Uh, damn it, there was a word that that one British chick was using. Like, why are you so? Whatever the the one where it like really blew up, I forget her name. And she when they when they when that 
uh, news channel finally. They put out the edited version, and everybody's like, oh, Jordan Peterson's so bad and mean. And then they, they felt confident in their stuff, so they put it the unedited entire interview. And everybody's like, what the hell? This is You made him look like an evil person, and he's not. And it's just like, it's so funny when you get things in context and full context and not edited. It just, it changes the whole perspective of, of things. But oh, what was the word she used? You're what, not insinuating some, something where you're provocative. No, provocateur. Yeah, that's what it was. She was like, you're, you're, why are you a provocateur? He's like, I'm not a provocateur. It's just my opinion differs than others. And they're the ones getting upset and coming after me. I'm just simply, I'm not going after them. I'm just simply bringing a different perspective. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> what the hell? Oh, you still there? Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm just listening. So I don't know, it's just, anyway, so that whole thing, I don't even know how I got this tangent, but uh, yeah, Ben Shapiro and that whole thing with Jordan Peterson was one of the a great show. Sorry for the noise, guys. It was great. What are you doing? Uh, honestly, so for work, I'm cleaning out these uh, vases. We're going to be using for the tables because it's a, at a catering hall. And there's a bunch of, I don't even know what these call these, I guess, quote unquote diamonds, plastic diamonds that I'm filling these vases with. So I'm cleaning them out and then we're going to put water in them later and put floating candles on top for later on. So yeah, it's, it's all for making it look fancy and nice. I think the crystals, or the plastic crystals go in there because when we light it up from underneath, it, you know, shines differently and gives it, looks nice. Let's put it that way. It's all for, for looks. Nice. Yeah. So going back to Mr. Beast and Andrew Schultz. Oh, Andrew Schultz. That's why I was talking about that. Because he, he had a really good interview. Probably one of the best ones outside of that with Dr. Jordan Peterson where he also got Jordan Peterson to, to think. And that's where I think you got to really see his uh, Andrew Schultz's intellect and, and wisdom. Because he was able to bring up like questions and, and from like different angles and perspectives, all while also making him laugh. And I don't know if you see Jordan Peterson. He laughs, especially when he likes someone and he's not literally not on guard and not being attacked. He can be himself and he's open and you know, he'll you know joke around more and laugh more. So, yeah, I just find it interesting with everyone on the opposition side. Like, oh, you're always so angry. Yeah, when you're coming at me every day, I'm going to be angry. And I know this anecdotally and personally. Like, when my family and friends were coming at me, it's like, oh, you're, you're always pissed off and angry. It's like, yeah, because you pissed me off and got me angry. Like, <laughs> what do you – I always – it always boggled my mind. It's like, how did you expect anything else? <laughs> What do you think is going to happen when you yeah, get... How do, how do you think I was going to receive? Yeah, it's just... I'm sorry. Was I supposed to roll over and be sad instead so you can beat me up more? Like, what? I don't know. I just... I always find that funny. Just That's always been something I found the funniest. It's like... Especially when, like, if we just go back in retrospect and, and how the events got to where I'm angry, I can literally point to you, like, 50 different times as to where it got to this point and throughout that way where I was probably saying, Hey, stop, leave me alone. Don't bother me. And you chose not to listen. And then it, it got to the inevitable of me being angry. <laughs> and it's like, how, just how do you not know these things? <laughs> uh, people, people, though. this is the world we live in. 
Uh, so, Mr. Beast, uh, where I, sorry, I'm bad at, I'm good at going on tangents, and that's bad because sometimes we get lost down a path of the unknown. Um, okay. Mr. Beast and the breakdown of that, how he thinks. Oh, mainstream media. That's what it was. So, it's on the Schultz, the Schultz show. Um, it was, uh, hold on a second. Oh boy. It was, it was interesting because I like how they, they worded it where the news and all this other, the way they put it was those are legacy media. And I was like, yes, I like that. Not mainstream media. Cause he's like, when you see Joe Rogan and Mr. Beast talking to one another together, that is mainstream media. Because when you look at the numbers and subscribers and viewership, they are the mainstream. They're the majority, you know? And I was like, wow, that's a really good point. Like we should look at these other ones as legacy media, meaning they've been around forever and, they're you know kind of fading out or there's another term they use too but he's like this these two titans should be considered mainstream media because they are almost where this is where the highest percentage of people are going for any type of media even oh that's the other thing too they were they were even mentioning like connecting to like netflix and even tv stations and stuff like that with shows and movies like that it's starting to fade out and a lot of people are going to podcasts and YouTube for a lot of content of all types. And um, like these things can't keep, compete. And, and it was, I like how they're breaking down. Like Mr. Beast is uh, like Andrew Schultz. He had, I think he started on YouTube. I could be wrong. I'm not hundred percent sure, but then he, he also got his way into working Netflix specials. And they were talking about how like Mr. Beast. So, Dirt, I didn't know. I still haven't watched Squid Games. I don't know if you have. Oh, uh, yeah. I loved it. Okay. So you probably don't know this since you don't know Mr. Beast. Because if you did, you you would know exactly what I'm talking about. I didn't know he did this because I didn't watch Squid Games. But apparently, this was a month ago that he did this podcast on Rogan. So I think he had, I think he beat that last episode that he did. But apparently, he did a. Uh, remake or, or parody or something like that of Squid Games like with his friends and crew and it blew up the internet like that was his biggest video to date and it was interesting how these guys were breaking it down they're like because he doesn't step outside of the YouTube realm like that's where he stays like that's his goal from when he started and that's all he wants to be at like he can jump into all these other things but he really doesn't need to. Like, he's getting everything he needs pretty much from YouTube. He's making the money and getting the exposure there and the viewership where he doesn't need to go into Netflix or anything else to really build himself up. Other than the fact that all those other, like, you and I who aren't deep into YouTube, we, we don't really follow and know him also because he's a little younger than us. But I think looking at the demographic of YouTube, it's, it's mostly kids. Uh, is is the ones who spend the most time. Like Logan Paul is a great example. When he was blowing up a lot, what were his viewers were mostly friggin' teenagers. Like, I don't know, eight to ten year olds up until like fifteen, right? So that's those are these are middle school. Yeah. I mean, those are literally the biggest. That's the biggest audience. Yeah, exactly, and they have what something that none of us really have, which is time. They could be sitting there watching for hours. I mean, there's sometimes we do it where. 
we stay up and are late for work or whatever. That's not that that's a good thing. But compared to them, yeah. I mean, our, I've been watching a lot more YouTube lately. I'm, I'm listening to more podcasts and stuff. Some of it on YouTube, but YouTube censoring. We we don't want to get into that now. Uh, but it's like all the educational videos. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but I mean, just for the overall part, like even you watching. <laughs> It's nothing compared to a freaking teenager who's got nothing else to do, especially. And just sitting there and freaking watching YouTube videos for hours upon hours. So he, yeah. he brought up a point. Like, he's got all the viewers he needs. Uh, so let's go back to Mr. Beast and what he did. So he was blowing up for a while. And it, he gave some pointers to Joe Rogan or just like, oh, yeah, I guess pointers. And, and Joe Rogan was like, holy crap, that's an. Like, so many of the things, the few things he mentioned just in the beginning of the podcast, he's like, here, look at this content and this thing we're doing. And Joe was like, holy crap, that's an awesome idea. It's like, wow, I can't believe no one else has been, like, he's kind of the pioneer of doing different things with YouTube. Like, what he's, what he's been doing and uh, is he, he has um, Mr. Beast dubbed, which is all of his videos being dubbed into different languages. Right now, I think he said the Spanish market, the Hispanic, but the Spanish market is the biggest growing one or fastest growing one. And he said there was a, a video they did, or he, he they translated, and he hires, like, top voice actors. So a lot of times, like, people who are listening in these countries like, wait a minute, why do I recognize that voice? So he's, well, he's not just doing any translator. He's getting, like, top-notch people that can be recognized uh, wow. for good reason. Yeah, he's he's a whole different level. Anyway, like just mentioning that, he he was telling Joe, he's like, "Hey, you should you should really do you know dub overs because when you think about it, because he does his research and anything related to YouTube, like he goes in on it. That's why I'm I'm kind of obsessed with him right now. Just in the last like few hours of listening to him, I'm like, this guy is not only one that gets it, he's he's the pioneer. Like he's the one testing all these things out for years, and then you know, putting out clearly he's one of the top YouTubers with, with viewership and each, each, uh, I guess episode, if you will, is better than the last. So he's, he knows what he's doing. He's like, there's a science to it. And I figured it out. And I mean, I think they call him, he calls himself Mr. Beast for a reason. He's beasting everybody. Like he's been going for what, five years, like heavy. And like almost every single video is better than the last. And there, it's a few people, Joe Rogan, and other people talking about, they're like, how are you even capable of doing that? Like outdoing yourself every time. Like <laughs> anyway, uh, he was talking about how the one video from like five years ago, they dubbed it in Spanish and it got like, he got. So oh, before I even mention that, he, he was talking about the different demographics and the languages, like what percentage of the population of the world, you know, listens and or speaks English. And he's like, that's like 10% or something like that. He's like the, the highest platforms is uh china and india which uh, india overall is the most viewers of youtube in the world which i didn't know but it makes really? sense. yeah i didn't know that he, he, he was saying this he's like i want to get into that demographic because the united states doesn't even come close he's like he's working on like hindi and other other languages in india to do that but what he mentioned was so with that viewership and why he started you know pushing towards other languages and doubling stuff is because He's got a whole, literally a whole world of subscribers that don't even know or watch his videos because they don't understand it. But now he's going to have access to that. And he said once that first video for the 
the Spanish-speaking countries went out, he gained, I think, 90% of his um, viewers. I think 10% were, were uh, English speakers, and 90% of them were brand-new viewers. So he, he gained 90%. Think about that for odds of just any kind of business. You just change something slightly in your endeavor, and you just brought in 90% uh, new customers. They're not 20%, not 50%, 90%. That's freaking crazy like, to think about that. Yeah, I'm, so, looking at his, I'm looking at his YouTube channel right now. Oh, you're done? You're already done with the you're running around? Huh? You're home already? Or were you... Yeah, I left a, I left a, like maybe like twenty minutes ago or something. Yeah. See, that's what happens, ladies and gentlemen, when I talk too much. I miss a lot. <laughs> Whoopsie. Yeah, this is kind of one reason I like doing podcasts with you because you can confirm or and or deny anything I'm saying. You can quantify them if it's valid or not. Like a lot of his videos have close to a hundred million views apiece. Oh yeah, it's, it's ridiculous the the numbers he's producing and outputting. Oh, so that Squid Game thing? He mm-hmm. um, they literally built the set. I think they spent millions of dollars like recreating the set and everything. And that that video, that whole Squid Game thing was the largest or the, the, his most. Uh, his biggest video to date, and that was a month ago, so I don't know if he did even bigger now. But uh, the whole reason this I'm about- says five months ago, 246 million views. Which one is this? It's, uh, it says $456,000 uh, Squid Game in real life. Okay. Oh, so then, all right. So then I'm going based off of the videos that I've seen, which is the Joe Rogan podcast he was on a month ago. So, okay, I guess Joe Rogan got him a little a few months after he did his video. So yeah, he's. I think he's beat out beat that video already. Um, but that whole thing was like he didn't need to, and it was interesting listening to these guys on Schultz. I forgot the other two guys, but they, they wrote up good points. You're like, he doesn't need to tap into the mainstream or or like legacy media and other things like that or networks. But the one time, because I think it was the first time he did anything like related to movies and stuff like that. He's like the one time he did that, he blew up you know more than than before which means there's people that don't know about him and and i was i'm even in that group because i knew of him uh years ago i came across him but i i I didn't i felt it was it was like kind of weird it was kind of cool but i was like oh this seems like generic similar to many other youtubers who are very big and have a lot because i knew he had a lot of money and stuff the way he was able to do these shows and game shows and giving gifts away i was like okay this guy, I don't know how he has so much money. I still did uh, Yeah, now I understand why he has so much money. I didn't understand then. I'm like, how is he giving away all this money, all these cars, like all these things? I'm like, this is crazy. Like, I, I had. He some- probably makes more than he gives away. Like, if he gives away $500,000, he probably makes close to that with that, just that video. Well, so, this is. That's the, the other ones that are getting freaking views oh. every single day. Well, that's, that's the thing that's really interesting about him because he doesn't have a. He, most of this stuff is assets. Like he's, he was talking, I was just hearing on Rogan. He's like, I've, I've gone like negative for, for making videos. Like I, I spent money I didn't have and took out loans. And even here now I was like, what? And Joe Rogan's like, you took out loans. He's like, yeah, well, you know, cause think about it with contracts with different uh, businesses and whatnot, you know, you don't get paid right away. It could take a few months to get paid. So he's like, 
I needed to put out content. I wasn't going to wait around. So I had to take out a loan, but I knew the money was going to come back in. I was like, whoa, that's a whole different level. So he doesn't have a lot of money. He doesn't have really expensive things or anything either. Like he doesn't really care for money and any of those flashy things. Like he's a very unique individual. Just a little bit I've dove into for the last like two hours about him. He's pretty interesting and, and and I think a true philanthropist. Like he's he's actually trying to do help, you know. And, uh, how old is he? Did you did they say how old he was? Twenty three. That's what I said. Oh, like okay. for years now, thirteen till now is he put all this effort. I think the last five years is when he really started to, to explode the most, I think. I could be wrong, but it's not like that's what they were talking about. So yeah, he's very young in just this kind of uh, yeah, it's just I don't know. He's he's fascinated me and just reignited me and why we're even doing this podcast today. Like I didn't I kinda didn't want to. I knew you were off and I was like, oh we should and we didn't get to do it yesterday when we probably should have to. But just watching him and, and just seeing like listening to his backstory and just all this stuff I just mentioned to you, like it just reignited and fired me up to like, all right, I need to just shut the hell up, get past my feelings and let's just get back on this. And on top of all that, I freaking love doing this. This is, this is cathartic and therapeutic. Like, I, I feel so much better. Like, today I was kind of – and I'm only running on, like, three hours of sleep, maybe four hours of sleep. So, like, I was feeling, like, you know, exhausted. But I'm, I feel better now, you know. Yeah. Even if we didn't talk about this – or even if we didn't do this podcast, I was feeling better simply by thinking about all the things I want to be doing with the podcast and streaming and – you know, all the other stuff I, I was mentioning to you, like that, it just got me excited to want to get stuff and do stuff, like not deal with my current mental state and physical state as it is, where I'm literally exhausted. And actually the last, the night before, I only had four hours of sleep too, so for three hours. So I'm running on very little sleep for the last two days. I'm like, I, you know, I can keep using that as an excuse or I can be like, yeah, this sucks, but there's other things I can... I can't change that fact now, but I can do something about where I am now and hopefully stop that in the future. So I, I don't know about you. I just, I, I'm thinking it's sounding like you're like, and especially you've been looking this stuff up. I think you're starting to feel some of the excitement and just like, dude, this is, he's beasting. Like it's crazy. Just what you heard me say. And now you're kind of quantifying it by looking it up. It's like, whoa, this is not just talking that this guy does. Like, he's he backs it up. I think that's one thing I, I like about him, too. Like, good listen. I just think, you know, once we're done with the podcast, I think, I think, be, you know, I think you would, after talking, too, about it, I think you're going to want to see those those videos. And then, if you, I think you have Spotify. You can listen to that interview with Joe Rogan and him. I think it's just freaking awesome. And and it just kind of ties into what I was, what we talked about before, and other times. Like I wish I had known about or gotten into streaming, even at that young age, or, or had that fortitude to like, even with my mom and like everybody, like, oh, what are you doing? Why are you wasting time playing video games? And it's like not even about the money, because that's the thing. When you really look, think about it, from what I'm gathering, it's like he didn't care about the money, and I don't really either. Like I want to do this because I enjoy it. And also, I enjoy helping others. Like, 
I got asked many times before, like, what would you, if, if money wasn't a thing, what would you do? I'd be like, I overall summarize, like, just help people. Like, that's all I want to do. It's just, it's difficult mm-hmm. to navigate doing that in this world and living in this world because nothing's free, unfortunately. So I stumbled have- across a guy's YouTube channel the other day, and literally his entire YouTube channel was just like, he would put out a, a new video every, every like month or so. And it was of him learning a new skill. And like throughout his entire channel, he, he's learned like 92 different skills. So when did you, how long ago you said he come, came across this? Mm, like last week or so. Ah, so I that's. It. I was like, that's really cool. I was like, he, he's learned how to do kickflips on skateboards and BMX and hmm. uh, inline skating. Oh my God. Like just like the list is pretty freaking long. Yeah. Is that where you got that kind of mindset of yours? Is like what is it earlier in the podcast, like what skill that are you looking to do, and why you started the rollerblading? Is that yeah, part of I, mean, uh, okay. I don't know. My, I think my mindset aligns with that kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I like I like learning new stuff and then going to the next. Yeah, I could see that working exactly because anecdotally, like when I first started streaming and where we met. That's pretty much what I was doing. I was I was streaming, meeting, playing video games, obviously, because that's what I thought it was at first. But then when I realized it was an open platform, then I was streaming when I was DJing. I was streaming when I was training martial arts. I was streaming when I was working out. And it was like, it, it's, it, it, I feel like it ties into what that guy was doing. Because I was, I, was, I was not an expert in any of those things, but I was getting better. And, and it was just kind of like my journey. It was almost like a vlog, if you will. I guess that's kind of like what he does. It's probably like kind of like a vlog. Like he's, you're following yeah. his journey. You know, I mean, on- in my opinion, I think he goes a little bit too hard on every single skill, like in the, initially <laughs> in the learning process. So he gets hurt a lot. Well, I he mean, he doesn't take anything slow. <laughs> well, some people like he's maybe he knows David Goggins. He's following that mindset. Like, well, you're gonna go in, go balls deep, and break everything. I like to take baby steps and then get comfortable and then go from there. Yep. No, I, I don't know. At the same time, well, that's, uh, that's a lot of a lot of me learning has been just going all in and then yeah, recalibrating as I go. <laughs> well, that's that's that thing we've pretty much been talking about earlier in the podcast is like where is the, the balance and then you know at which point do you go from well you know thinking and and being uh, intellectually understanding something and then just going past that fear and worry and just like, all right, I need to just start. And in a way we kind of did that with this podcast. Like the few times we would talk on the phone and then for, I don't know, how long was I telling it to like, dude, we should do a podcast with this, like months or like a year before we actually said, you know what, let's just friggin' do it already. Even though we didn't know both of us, like we would, one of us would bring it up, and the other wouldn't bring it yeah. up, and we just kept talking about it over and over and over again. It was, it was like a good year before we actually said, you know what? We don't know what the hell we're doing. We don't know where to start, how to do it, you know, what we're going to need, equipment, like all that stuff. That's, that's part of the holding back a lot of times for anybody attempting something new is the unknown. It's like, well, I don't know, and I don't have that mentorship and whatever. It's like, this is why I, I'm, I'm liking the podcast, and I could have done one solo, and anybody could, but Part of that, and oh, that's actually another thing Mr. Beast would talk about too. I don't know if I mentioned. So maybe I'll go back to his story and then relate to what I'm saying. 
So 13. So when he went to, did, did I tell you about how college, what happened when he went to college or no? I don't think so. When you went to college? When, when Mr. Beast went to college. But I, I don't think I talked to you about that. I don't think so. So anyway, I'm going to go back to his story and and what happened. So uh, his mom was kind of against him doing the whole thing. And he was, you know, putting time into it. Then he got to the point where he had to go to college and he didn't want to go. But his mom was like, either you go or you move out. And he didn't have the money to move out. So he was forced to go. The crazy thing was, uh, and I did this at time, at very rare times, especially when I was depressed. I would go like maybe not show up to my classes or not even go to college at all and go hang out with friends and play video games. But this guy took it to another level where he would fake him, fake going to college and he wouldn't even go to class. He would be in the parking lot with his computer or maybe someplace with internet. And he was just researching YouTube videos for like 10 to 12 hours a day. And that's what he was, or 15 hours a day sometimes. And then he came across a community of other YouTubers who were you know, smaller channels similar to his size, but they had a, I think he called it a think tank and they were working together and brainstorming and analyzing and breaking down pretty much. They were trying to figure out like how do things go viral on YouTube? So they were going into like every minute detail as to why and how things might go viral. And, um, sorry, hold on a second. So good. So I think I thought that was fascinating itself. And then, um, oh, sorry, I'm trying to remember the story before Green Party. And you can listen to this in the in the podcast where he's talking about this. And both a Joe Rogan podcast and an Impulsive because it, it's the Impulsive one was a pretty good interview too. Like hearing some stories between Logan Paul and him because they've worked together before in the past, but. uh he was saying, like, he brought up a good point. There's, Joe Rogan brought it up, too. Like, there's a book similar to this, like, explaining this whole thing, like a science in a way. But he's like, you know, in that – because it was a year straight, I think, that they did that. Like, that's all they did it was a year straight of research in YouTube in order to kind of crack the code. And mm-hmm. and he said, like, you know, there was – and throughout the time, I guess they were making their own videos, and they, you know, made their mistakes. And he's like, let's say – I. He's like, I made, you know, five mistakes throughout the year. But the cool thing being that community and brainstorming with these other people is they made other mistakes. And let's say there was five of us, you know, we all did five different mistakes. Now I took five years worth of mistakes into one year because we're working together through one another and brainstorming, going through different failures in order to learn from them. And he's like, so he was able to, and this is with any learning, some of the top successful people I listen to, you know, I talk about that. The faster you can learn from your mistakes or, or the faster you can learn in general, anything, the better off you're going to be, you know? And, and he essentially like lived that, you know, and part of the reason why I like talking to you and swags out or anybody is I'm learning something, even if it's something might be annoying or stupid or irrelevant at the time, I might think like, it's just, it's getting me better. Just I've noticed in the last two years with this pandemic and everything, I've been, not only diving a lot more into YouTube and listening to a lot more successful people. Hey, sorry about that. I had a call from uh, manager, the alcohol companies or alcohol guys coming to drop off some stuff for the party coming up. So okay, I hope you're ready for that soon. Um, 
So where the hell was I? Sorry. Um, Mr. Beast. And damn it, I was on a roll too. This is what sucks sometimes with interruption. I can't wait until we can just do this without interruption. But uh, I don't know, just pretty much it, it, it was utilizing. Oh, that's what it was. Utilizing like other people in learning things because there's some things it's good you know learning from other people's mistakes when and when you can is going to be beneficial for you like if if you know if you have to learn something the hard way it's it's usually not good and you're going to miss out on opportunities or something like that or just delay anything so like he kind of showed and i already in general like i love doing it's like uh, just talking to anybody, even with you and, and Smackdown and others, like I always try to, I always, always try to be that iron sharpening iron. Like I always want to try to bring something to the table, not just take, you know, from, from that person. I don't want to, I want to be able to offer you something or provide something for you beneficial to rather than like, I'm not calling you or contacting you because, Hey, give me all of your insight. And then uh, thank you. And goodbye. You know, like I, I, I think of it as a mutual benefit. Uh, for one another and because I want you to, to grow and develop as well and you know not only because you're my friend and I care about you but there's just that's just what I like doing with anybody like I want to enhance everybody around me you know just because it's it's uh, there's a whole bunch of reasons that to, to put it plainly uh, again me being a Christian is from the Bible God talks about encouraging one another like that's all I really know how to do. I'm I'm really bad at discouraging, but when I'm in a bad place, like depressed or angry, like yeah, that's gonna that's easy. Like that's the easy thing to do is discourage and destroy someone or something and you know break them down. It's like I don't wanna do that. I wanna try to shape the world differently. And it is possible. And also the benefit is that like there's so many compound compounding benefits that come from that when you help all those around you as well like you're gonna grow too uh especially if you're not doing it for selfish reasons like if you get better at me like with rollerblading i'm actually there's i forget the the word for it but you know i'm i'm gonna be genuinely happy for you for whatever endeavor you're gonna go on like i i'm not i don't like i don't understand the whole really being jealous of other people, even especially friends or family. Like I can't stand that. Like there's, there's, um, was it friendly competition? And then there's competition. Like I want to have friendly competition with you and all my friends, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, not like I'm better than you, but like I'm kicking your ass right now. Can you keep up? And I want you to, to get better. So it's going to make me better too. It's, it's a mutual benefit, even though it might even be selfish. I have this argument with myself all the time. Like, am I doing something for selfish reasons or is it selfish, but then also a mutual benefit or even it being selfish. If I develop myself more and then help others to, to better themselves too, you know, like I was saying earlier, I think I told you like, you're only as, if all you know is yourself as the strongest and smartest person, then you're going to be right. Even though you're wrong. Because if that's all you're exposed to, that's all you know. But you won't be able to test your skills or, or intellect or whatever or strength unless you go against someone else who's at least just as strong. Because if you're going against someone who's weaker, either intellectually or, or physically, like if you're going to dominate all the time, then you're not really going to get better. You know what I'm saying? 
Mm-hmm. So, and I think Mr. Beast kind of nailed that, like what he was saying. And, and even Logan Paul, he was talking about like, while he was on there, he was talking about how, um, like, what is, what is some tips and stuff? And he's like, well, he's like, he doesn't get it other than, because he's like, a lot of times when YouTubers, other big YouTubers come to his place and see how he, he does all his productions and stuff. Cause when he tries to explain it to them, they don't get it. And he's like, not until they come to his, his like, I guess, workspace. I don't know what it is. Just when he's working on stuff is when everything clicks for them. They're like, Oh, I get it now. And he's like, I'm not going to give everybody all the, the details, but uh, he put in a good point. Like some, some of these smaller YouTubers, he's like, they're, they, they don't want to teach their friends like skills and stuff they learn because they're like selfish and they don't want to give away the secrets. And he's like, it's not even about that. And like, you're, and he was kind of making fun of was like, you're so small. And he's like, the only, pretty much he was saying like the only way he became where he's at is because he surrounded himself with several people kind of at his level, or at least that were uh, striving and driving to do something more and better, like always improving. And that's, that's essentially what, like, before even seeing him, this, this is why I just kind of dove deep into him. It's like, he's kind of embodied and already pushed and done some of the things that I would love to be able to do. Like, technically, I think, I, I want to look more into it. I think the group of, I don't know if it's the same group of friends he's with now, um, that he's still doing the, these videos and stuff like that as, as that group that he, I guess, met in college with regards to YouTube. I don't know if they're all that same group. But if so, like, that's what I would love to be, you know, doing. Like, surrounding myself with a group of friends that we worked on stuff and just continually kept getting better at it uh, for no other reason. Not not in any, you know, negative or evil way. Just simply, like, we're pushing ourselves. It's almost like working out. Like, or, or learning a new skill or sport or, you know, martial art or whatever. It's like we want to get better just because of that competitive nature and nothing in a negative way. Like, I'm not doing it because I want to kick your ass and I want to dominate you. It's like, I just want to get better. I want to learn. I want to grow kind of deal, you know? Yeah, I think we lost some guys. He's gone. <laughs> but, yeah, that's – I just – I think it, it appealed to me, like, just with everything going on. Like, I was like, holy crap. Like, that's – this is somebody who's – he doesn't just talk to the talk. He's he's literally walking the walk and has been. And and if you you can see, like, he's with – with this philanthropy and everything, like he's up there and kicking ass in, in a way and helping people. And Joe Rogan and some of the other ones, like they look up to him, like, dude, it's especially for his age. It's like, yo, that like, cause Joe Rogan even asked him, was like, did you ever like go bonkers? Like with all that money? And he's like, yeah, you know, I did, but it wasn't fulfilling. Like I, that's not what I was about. And, and I didn't, and it was funny because ironically enough, or maybe I think uh, it happened for a reason. Like he said, he had a kind of cheap, crappy house. He was paying, I don't know, three hundred dollars rent because he's from North Carolina or something. And then wow. uh, he he the one time he kind of went off on something, uh, on like a binge thing. Like he bought some uh, uh, designer clothing, like several like hundred thousand dollar you know outfits and or shirts and stuff like that, and some other things that are expensive. And then because he lived in such a quote unquote normal home or whatever at one one point he, and he was debating at the time when he had this stuff he's like oh do i really want this or need it i don't know and then somebody robbed him of all this stuff and all of that stuff was all the stuff he had you know kind of went in a binge watch or the binge and after that he's like well i guess that answers that like i didn't need it anyway and then 
he he's like, I understood now why, or I understand now why um, celebrities live in fancier homes. It's not really to show off. It's like he got a nicer home, and I guess maybe security or something or or cameras because he's like, I don't. Not that I have anything to to protect, but I don't want my stuff stolen. <laughs> you know what I've already built up. So I just found it like really fascinating that you know I was thinking that way and. And it's even at his age, because how many people's statistics, you look at them, the ones that, like win the lottery, and then what yeah. happens to them? I think it's like nine out of ten, you know, whatever the number is, super high percentage of those, like, they they go from being super rich to broke and sometimes homeless, like, within a matter of months. And it's, you know, that, that again, like I said earlier in the podcast, you know, the Bible talks about that, money earned quickly or gained quickly will disappear just as fast, if not faster. And that, this is why, again, I love, you know, this is the Bible and the scripture. It's like, there's stuff you can use throughout your life. That's very true. Like, but even if we didn't have those statistics of um, all those people who, you know, gain these uh, lottery things and stuff like that, like I would believe that, that, um, insight from the Bible simply because, yeah, it makes sense. And I've seen it in my own I've been saying this forever. Like, it's impossible, especially today's world, especially how global we are, it's impossible to do anything on your own. Uh, literally. Like, there's just, especially, there's just too much to do. And you can't be a specialist in literally everything in your life, especially with the plethora of knowledge and or skills and whatnot that are out there now. Like I would say there's probably more, well, yeah, it's definitely more than, than ever before with just the technology Avenue and then the sciences, like, you know, it's just way too much to, to be able to do. Yeah, and why would you go to skill blind when literally all the information out there on how to do it and how to do it efficiently or well, it's all there. So, I mean, why not go ahead with your best foot forward? Well, I don't even mean that. I mean, in the sense of like, even if somebody, Let's say Elon Musk, we can argue, is probably one of the greatest minds to maybe even be able to attempt this. But even he alone would not be able to learn every single skill and or trade and or task or whatever it is to do on on this planet. Like, let's just say farming alone. It's impossible for him to do it by himself because it would take away so much time just to make just to get the food that he would need. And let's say it's not farming. Let's say hunting. No matter what it is, it's going to consume time. Like you, especially if you want to be successful today, well, not even today, just in general in this world, like you need to have multiple other people to be able to help out. Because you, you can't, literally can't do it on your, it's not, it's not feasible simply in the realm of time to, to accomplish all those things in one day. You know, yeah, I think that's time is the issue. Yep. Time waits for no man. I forgot where I heard that, but that's a good one. Heard it from a few places. What's that? I said I've heard that from a few places. Yeah, you forgot where the first here the first time. Sorry for the loud noise. So, Kentucky. Uh, what do I need? Ten over here. Yeah, I just I don't know if. I don't know if it's kind of exciting you, like just a little bit I've learned about Mr. Beast and like just kind of reminding what I, some of the things that 
I thought about wanting to do and, and doing, like, he's pretty much embodied it and lived it. And he's, uh, oh, there's almost 10 years younger than me, yeah. And it's like, damn it. There is, yeah. and the, the cool thing is, like, he brings hope. And I think to a lot of people, like, with Rogan and all these other older, not older, but older than him people talking about him stuff, it's like, he is, uh, even reading some of the comments from, on the, the uh, YouTube page about, like, him and stuff, it's like, a lot of people are like, this is, this is the person who you would want to kind of have everything and have what he has and, and the money because of just generally the person that he is, like the nice and philanthropist person he is. Like he's, yeah. he's helping people and not even it's, – it's like exactly what you would want. He, he doesn't really care for money. He doesn't really – because he invests almost everything he makes from his videos right back into – his YouTube page, which that's another crazy thing. Like he doesn't really take much. I think I was talking to you about that earlier when we were talking, like how with your reselling and stuff, like you were trying to work toward getting you back into paying yourself or right now it's just going right back into the thing. And it's like, this guy doesn't even really pay himself. He just reinvests it. But he brought up a good point when he was on Joe Rogan. He's like, he's like, this is nothing new in human history because companies have been reinvesting in themselves forever. And, and I was like, wow, that was just even hearing him say, I was like, that makes sense. That's exactly what they do. I mean, they're mm-hmm. obviously they take their salaries and stuff, but they're always reinvesting themselves and, you know, pushing and doing better. So it's like, wow. Yeah. I mean, how else do you stay relevant? <laughs> and then keep up with times and technology too. Like there's so much happening. Yeah, I don't know. I just, just uh, I'm glad I randomly kind of came across his his thing again and and actually took a, a listening in. And that's the thing too. I think that's another just life lesson right there is that you know sometimes it's good to come back to something you know, after some time, because there could be a number of reasons why you might've taken something differently, depending on your mood and life circumstances and your first impression with that thing and or person, you know, or again, your mindset at the time. And now like listening to him and from all these other people in different perspectives, like, holy crap, like this, uh, you know, he has so much more to offer than, than when I thought maybe on the superficial level. Mm. And how many times, you know, in your own life where you like a skill we can think of where you're like, ah, I suck at this and I'm never going to be able to do it. And giving yourself some time and maybe a day where you actually have time to look at it and look over it. You look at it again. And you're like, wow, this is okay. I get it now. Or it makes sense. And that's also the, with some things and some skills. Like I can test the, the anecdotally and personally with the Brazilian jiu-jitsu and martial arts, there's some things where it doesn't make sense literally for years. For years, like some techniques and moves, I, I couldn't get down. I couldn't get. It wasn't clicking. And in one day, without thinking, I'm just I'm nailing all these moves. I'm like, what the hell? And it's just, just that's the thing sometimes. Some things click just over time. And it's kind of hard to explain, I guess. But I think it's also your, your state of mind and your mindset, I think, plays a big part in that. Because if you're 
depressed and whatnot, you're going to give up and, and be angry, I think, a lot quicker and easier than if you're looking at it with a you know, open mind kind of deal. You know? Yeah. Yeah, damn it, why is this coming out? Um, so yeah, going back to my skill, yeah, I think swimming. Sorry, I'm jumping all over the place. This is part of my problem. I think swimming only because, like, as, as I was mentioning before, I never I, – I was always – loved water. I was always in water and pools and stuff, but I was never a great swimmer, so to speak, and I don't really know how to swim too great. But being that signed up to the gym like two weeks, two months ago, and and that's part of my routine now is if I even if I whenever I go to the gym, like my routine that I'm doing, no matter what I'm doing there, whether I'm working out with free weights or weights or not, or just going to the gym just to go and do some form of exercise, my my ending is swimming for at least fifteen minutes. And mostly underwater because I want to build my lung, lung capacity and cardio. Um, although just swimming above water, I've learned too. I'll usually burn out like one or two laps. And that alone is exhausting too. So either way, it's building. But I want to I do that for 15, 20 minutes. And then hot tub for 15, 20 minutes. And then sauna for at least 15, 20 minutes. Like those are, those are the endings. And then a cold shower at the end of all that. So to shock the body. Uh, so that's, that's my kind of ending thing and why I say, I guess in a way swimming is a skill. I'm kind of, I'm not actively working on like you are. It's just, God bless you. I'm not sneezing my way out of things. It's okay. It's just, uh, that's, that's something I would like to develop more, especially the, this normal, if you will, quote unquote swimming, uh, only because like being around other people that, seem to know how to how to swim and swim better than me like i notice i'm like there's some guys or and women that like look like they're they're not as in good shape and i'm not in the greatest shape but they're able to like even with their kind of overweight or not so muscular bodies like they're able to swim normally and without getting winded i'm here doing one lap and i'm shot i'm like what the hell yeah, it's really it's, <laughs> so, it's all about technique i would i mean hey, yeah maybe- Spend some time on YouTube and look up, you know, proper swimming techniques because that's I learned that in high school. So I well, I think also now, and I think also the the mindset. Like my first day when I went to the pool, like I was very relaxed and calm, and I wasn't like pressured and pushing myself. And that that's another thing I noticed too is when when you have that mindset, try some, I need to get it done. Try some breathing exercises next time. Yeah. Then that and. And I know what I, what's going to help me a lot is getting goggles because all of them almost oh, yeah. have goggles in their hand. And I'm really – I don't know. I still don't know how people open their eyes underwater. Like, I didn't even like doing it in the bathtub, let alone in pools and stuff. And I'm definitely not going to do it there because the chlorine is in, Yeah, definitely insane. not doing the chlorine. But, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I've always opened my eyes underwater. Yeah, no, I'm just – open them in chlorine when I was a kid, which is terrible. Yeah. But, hey. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really bad at it. Like, I can't – do that. I can't even do it under regular normal water. Like I'll, I'll freak out. I've done it a few times. It's like, oh, it hurts too much. I don't know how people do it. But the other I thing, hate it. the other thing with that is, I know it's going to help me calm down and, and be more comfortable in swimming because part of it is that there's like there's three lanes in that pool, and you know sometimes it's, I'm not the only one in the pool, 
and not that it's very busy, but like my first, I think, day or two of swimming, like I, when I, because I was, like I said, I was doing a lot of underwater, like swimming, and I didn't know if I was going straight or not. And it was, it's hard to tell when you're just, you know, fishing around with your hands and stuff. And, I, you know, I got up out of the water and I was like almost two lanes over, like almost all the way across. I'm like, okay, I can't do this. Like, people are going to get pissed off. I'm going to get it. If you practice proper technique, when you come up out of the water, you turn your head to the side, and that's when you look forward. And you always have one hand in front of your face, like outstretched in front. Well, that's that's for the regular. That's more to steer, but it's also so you don't hit the wall because that's – Yeah. Oh yeah. What what is that called? That that's I call it regular swimming. I don't know what that it's not breaststrokes. What the hell is it? Uh um I don't remember the name. And it's just the regular like, where you do kind of like a weird chicken in the water. Yeah. And then you have the breaststroke and then the rear I forget the different types of swimming. I call it regular swimming. It's the one where you like you just said, you you uh look over the one side you and that's when you breathe too. Like, I don't know, that whole thing kind of, for me, I'm looking at people like, how do you do that? Well, you and breathe like, in when you come up out of the water, and then you make sure you have to breathe out when you're underwater. So in, out, in, out. Yeah, see that that little bit there, like, I don't I don't, I don't know any of that technique, so that's something I would have to you know, practice and learn on. Like for uh, me, I, could, I could definitely teach you something about swimming. Yeah. You see, we learned something new every day. Like, even that, like, kind of, and this is where I think the mindset and your mentality, like, just me looking at that and seeing how people do I'm like, how are you getting enough oxygen? Like, I'm already freaking out. Like, oh, I don't think it's going to be enough. And, and that's one of those things where it's like, without learning, like, I'm already kind of psyching myself out because I'm like, oh, how is that even going to be good for swimming? Like, that, I'm, I'm not even attempting to listen to the possible, you know, those who know how to swim and understand why this is beneficial and works. Yeah. Next time, next time you go swimming, I recommend like getting in the water and just kind of submerging yourself in, but don't go underwater and just kind of meditate there for a second and like do deep breathing exercises. Just in out, focus on your breath. Do that for like a minute or so, and you'll be surprised how much more stamina you're gonna have after that. Because like literally, swimming is all about. It's not really so much strength. It's all technique and breathing. Yeah. Like, as long as you can maintain your breath and stay focused, mm-hmm. you, you'll be able to do freaking miles. I agree. I agree. And I, I you know, I have asthma, but I outswam everybody in high asthma. school. You have asthma. Asthma. You're like <laughs> ass face. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a good point. That It's, it, you know, mindset and I think the breathing I mean, breathing for almost anything, anything physical, like whether it's working out or martial arts, like breathing can change everything. You know, that, that whole thing, if you've ever seen the Hulk with, uh, what the hell, what's his name? The actor's name? Um, damn it. The last, the last big Hulk movie that was the, the individual one where he was in Brazil and he was training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and he worked on his breathing. Like that wasn't that wasn't no movie magic. Like that's that's legit. <laughs> like there's legit science and just study and knowledge of that of you know ancient fighters and stuff knowing all about that breathing techniques and how beneficial they are. Mm-hmm. I think that goes there. This one goes here, maybe. Let's go here. Damn, I mix some of those things up. Um. 
Yes, women. But yeah, goggles. I know I need to get goggles because that's going to help my anxiety out and, and confidence. Like I got better at swimming in a straight line, but the problem with, with that is like, I'm not, like I said, there's only three lanes in the pool and there's times where there's like at least one or two other people in, in my same lane. So I need those goggles cause I don't want to run into them. And it's also, it's just going to give me peace of mind. Like, and I know it's going to be easier to swim after that. Like I won't be as stressed and worried about, okay, I don't want to hit anybody. I don't want to go into the other lane. I want to make sure I'm not going to hit the wall. Like all those extra stresses, you know? Yeah. So I, I, sense. I need it. That's the one thing I know it's going to help a lot with the, with the swimming. I need to get that. I don't really care for the swim cap. I know there's drag and whatnot, but uh, I'm not trying to break any records. I'm not trying to be like, uh, what's her name? Leah Thomas. What's his yeah. name? <laughs> that, that guy <laughs> that thing that guy I don't know maybe one day who knows I want to I want to break into every thing that I shouldn't be getting into just because I can because that's what I identified that morning as like what the you hell identify, can, I, can I just identify Leah Thomas <laughs> yeah I'm gonna uh, ooh, that's a good one what if people start just identifying as other people then what hmm. I identify yeah, I mean, as good at everything I do. <laughs> I've heard that one before. Yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, that's the whole ridiculousness of this. And we can't you can't tell me otherwise, because that would make you a bigot. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like, we can take this and make it really annoying and stupid for society. It's <sighs> already become that. Yeah. But then they're always going to find a way to refute our ability to do that and the fact that quote unquote we're not genuine when we say we're trans <clears throat> yeah uh, this is just I don't even want to get into it the whole figure Digimon turd Digimon turd yeah Digimon but, turd I don't know what else what else do you want to think of so skills yeah that so eventually I want to eventually I want to be able to start swimming like with better technique, proper technique, and, and more, and be you know longer lasting in 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 the swims, and you know getting more out of it rather than just like actually utilize it as an exercise. Because right now, it's just kind of like a buffer, um, in a way, like just something extra and get myself to do a little bit more. I guess it, right now it's probably more cardio than anything, because like I'll even underwater, like I'll kind of swim all out, so. I'm not like doing for performance, like technique, just kind of burning myself out for a little extra, um, yeah, I guess workout, if you will. I, I would say try to focus on technique eventually because it is yeah. good to know. Same. Cause, that's, uh, that's like more, you, you know, what if you were like stranded in the middle of the ocean? You oh, had to yeah. come back to shore. That'd be really no, good I to do. know. <laughs> no, like, like I said, I, I want to focus on that. Just right now, like starting back up, I'm not really going crazy and, and I, think, I think the main thing though that, like a lot of people love learning the technique is the fact that if you know that technique then you pretty much could save another human being mm. yeah well my wife's got she got her lifeguarding thing because she had to do that when she was nannying for the three kids she was babysitting so i think yeah. and she she swam too but it's getting her to come and 
join me and now that her work hours have died down she said she's down to go we were supposed to go sometime this week finally but hmm. i got lazy and spent time together so like all right whatever i'm not gonna complain Nice. But I eventually would like to do the swimming with her. That will have somebody who actually, you know, she swam in for in high school, and then she's a you know lifeguard essentially. So definitely want to learn those skittles. That is for sure. Because that's another thing too. Like even lifeguarding, like you would think, like how can you keep yourself floating and someone else who's frantic and it's like. Like there's some things you do that you think it wouldn't work, and it's like, nope, that's actually how to do it properly without getting you both killed. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know, like, uh, if you do it wrong, a lot of people that are drowning will you get attack you. Oh, yeah, yeah, that too. And pull you down and and stuff. Yeah, so, like, you might have to knock somebody out. Interesting. Again, that's something you would think. Well, that's crazy. Why would that? Why would you do that? That's isn't that counter- yeah, counterintuitive? You're trying to save their life, but you might have to like <laughs> actually elbow them in the face. And again, it's you know this. These are those things when you get into learning a skill and stuff that you learn and understand. If you're looking at it from the outside, third person perspective, you're like, "What the hell? That's oh, you are you're a violent individual, and, and you're just seeking to hurt people." And, and these are the assholes with everything that's going on in this world right now that simply look at things from the outside as quote unquote intellectuals, but haven't deviled in those things themselves. Or delved, sorry, haven't delved in those things themselves. And it's like, you don't know, I know what I'm talking about because I'm in it actively daily and you act like you know what you're talking about, yet you're on the outside looking in all the time. And then you you claim to be an expert, Fauci, what? I went there. I went there. Dr. Fanucci. Dr. Uh, Fanucci. Did you hear how recently, I think CNN was the one to put it up, but they're talking about natural immunity as a, as a thing now, only two and a half years later? That's a thing? Oh, yeah. They're, they're talking about that as being a thing now. Never heard of it. And then apparently there's another thing. <laughs> Another thing, uh, Swagstow sent me, I forget, USA Today or something, where they're saying, like, roughly 50, most likely 50% of the U.S. population uh, had antibodies for COVID from a previous infection. So they never said in that, they never said uh, natural immunity, but that's how they explained it, was a previous infection gave them antibodies. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, you mother effers. Two and a half years later, when all these quote-unquote conspiracy theorists and all these other people were talking about this stuff, not saying that it is true, just simply stating this could be feasible and viable and true, and you were dismissing them for even, not even dismissing them, you were attacking them for even mentioning that 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 might be a possibility. Congratulations. If you made it this far, this is the end. Stand up, take a bow, read a book or something. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you next time.